and welcome to the Plus Up podcast brought to you by Media Plus Advisors. I'm Carly Feinstein, one of the partners at Media Plus Advisors, a consultancy specializing in the media marketing and advertising industries. I'm joined today by my partners and friends, Susan George and Perry Ann Grignon. We're excited to have another discussion, and I'm going to ask Susan to introduce today's guest. Susan? Absolutely. I'm so excited for this guest. She has been in the past a colleague of both mine and Carly's, but more importantly, she has been a good friend of mine for almost 20 years now. So we're very excited to have Sarah Murphy. She is EVP Media Head of Planning at VaynerMedia. And today we're going to talk to Sarah about media planning for 2025 and beyond. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Susan. Carly Perrian, it's great to be here. I really appreciate you inviting me. Yes, we're so excited. Do you, before we uh, jump in, do you want to give folks a little bit of your background? Sure. Yeah, but Susan said we've been um, colleagues and friends for a very long time. So I've been about, oh, over 20 years now in the advertising industry, which I can't even believe, but um, started my career in media planning, uh, pivoted to comms planning and uh, strategy roles. Uh, so back and forth between the two, uh, but always a media girl at heart. And I started my career uh, within kind of the publicist ecosystem uh, on the media agency side, primarily MediaVest. That brand is now um, uh, folded into Spark Foundry, but also some time at Spark and Starcom um, as well. And then in the past four years, I've been with uh, VaynerMedia, most recently on the media team in this head of planning role. Very exciting. And just for those who don't know VaynerMedia, it's an independent global full service agency. Did I get that right? That is correct. Yes. Okay, great. And so we're really excited to talk about planning today because I think, you know, when I think about it, Perry Ann Carly and I, whenever we talk about our backgrounds, all of us got our start in the media industry on the planning side. So it's a topic that we all have a lot of heart for. Um, but it's interesting, you know, you talked about how you are in media planning roles, comms planning and strategy planning roles. Can you talk a little bit about the different types of planning functions and what they might look like in a typical engagement yeah, and how yeah. maybe that's evolved? Because I think, you know, some of the different types of planning um, that are around now back 25 years ago when I started my career were not necessarily something, <laughs> something that was around. Yeah, absolutely. You're right, Susan. It takes many forms, um, and, it, and, it, and it does depending on the agency and the client and the scope of work. Um, but, you know, I see it really, to me, it's always been two delineations. I mean, our media planning has always been sort of the art and science, right? Um, we talk about that a lot. Uh, but the two delineations for me are, are really the upfront work around, you know, whether you call it communications planning, comms planning, comms strategy, strategic planning. Um, and to me, that's more sort of the the words, the art, right? It's the um, situation analysis. It's the consumer or category or cultural insights. Um, it is the roles of channels that you're choosing. And then you pivot really to uh, more so media planning and channel planning. So that's really more like the science of the math, right? That's where the math comes in. I'm more thinking about my uh, deliveries, my reach, my frequency, GRPs, impressions, my flighting, my budgeting. Um, and depending on it might be the same person doing it. It might be different people doing it. Uh, it depends on the client's scope and what they're willing to pay for. So it, it really varies. But ultimately, you want to have that kind of full suite of the strategic setup plus kind of the nitty gritty uh, math. And then the third area, really, which I don't think we talk about enough, is the sort of account management side. 
you know, when when media agencies spun off from kind of the full service creative agencies, you know, in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, we didn't have account teams. And planning really took that role on um, as well, leading the status meetings. They're the ones who answered the, you know, the phone when when the client called and then pulled in the other um, areas as well. So, you know, I think it's always been sort of three jobs for a planner to have that upfront strategic uh, planning mindset, the math mindset, and then the account management uh, role as well. That's great. Thank you so much. I love that point of view. And as as Susan introduced that last question, talking about how planning has evolved, can you share with us what some of the challenges have been with that evolution, but also we assume there's been lots of positive outcomes. So if you could talk about that too, it would be great. Yeah, I think the biggest challenge, which we, I think every conversation on media, you say fragmentation, right? Because it's so true. But from a planning point of view, there's so much more we have to know and learn and be up on in terms of like the channel choices out there. Planning Planners have always been more um, generalists than specialists, right? It's been more the investment or buying teams that have been specialists. So it can be overwhelming for a planner because there's something new added each day. There's some new, uh, even if it's a, if it's an old, in air quotes, platform, there's a new feature, right? There's a new feature that may or may not yet be monetized. So it's just that, that, that fragmentation has just led to this like, you know, constant need to feel caught up and in the know. And I think that can be a little stressful on on the planning side. And I think too, you know, the other challenge is legacy thinking, Um, you know, and just how do you take old models, old channels and try to fit them to new channels, uh, you know, versus creating something new or leaning more towards the digital social channels to affect, you know, old kind of television or traditional buying as well. So I think just sort of like the new world versus legacy thinking is always a challenge um, to navigate um, in terms of clients too. you know, where they're at, they're at in terms of their marketing sophistication, uh, what they kind of see the roles of channels are as well. So those are really, I think, the two kind of biggest challenges from an opportunity point of view or, or you know, a, a positive outcome. There's something comforting in like the consistency of planning, if you will, and the steadiness, right? At the end of the day, planners want to get the right person, the right message at the right time. Um, and it's our job to figure out where that is. So even though there's something new every single day, if you kind of just have that mindset of this is still the fundamental of my job, um, there's something kind of comforting and kind of thinking about that um, as a positive output. And then really the biggest change that I've seen uh, over the course of my career, uh, definitely on the positive side, is that shift of the role of planners from uh, order takers, really, to strategic partners, right? It, you know, originally it was the, the client picked up the phone, buy an ad in this newspaper, put this on this local radio station, versus now we're brought up so much more into the fold of their business understanding. We're getting briefed so much more upfront with when they're doing their marketing plans that, you know, the planning mindset really is to help solve business challenges, uh, not just, you know, pick up the phone and take an order of where to place, uh, you know, an ad. So that's been a really positive outcome, I think, in the evolution of planning over the course of, of my career. And I've always felt like business partners with my clients versus a vendor or, you know, something else. Wow. So planners have to want to get up in the morning and eat change for breakfast, right? And so when we think about it, you know, they have that mindset, which definitely helps. Um, so you're, you're living every day in this constant changing landscape. The media landscape's changing. Streaming is a gigantic, bigger part 
of any plan, uh, even podcasting, right? Um, gaming. Okay, so let's imagine this. Here comes the, the new thing. You know, it's coming down the road. And, you know, you're running a media plan. You're, you're used to adapting it and making it, um, you know, available to, to take in a different channel or maybe a new feature that you just mentioned. But how do you, how do you actually go through that work activity? How do you get to, well, here comes something new. It looks like a great idea. It looks like it's great for my audience and my brand. Um, how do I quantify it? What are the expectations around quantifying it? And how do I really think about, wow, does that add something new into my plan? And, you know, if you're living in a kind of like a, you know, the budget's maybe not increasing as much, right? Like how do planners today deal with all of that? It's a lot, Perianne. No. <laughs> I love that line of each change for record, right? Now, you know, I think it's, yeah, it's to always start with the consumer. Is it, are they there? Are, you know, and, and you have to take the, the measurement with a grain of salt, right? Just because a, a, a platform tells you though that they're there, you know, how do you kind of look at third party measurement, third party analysis to, to think about, um, uh, you know, quantifying what's there, what could be. But, you know, I, I think for me, it is about, you know, again, it's always about fundamentally plays about reach. Are we reaching the right audience? And so, you know, will this give us an incremental boost in reach? You know, maybe it's a demographic that uh, we're not reaching in those traditional channels. And therefore, uh, you know, that's where the attention is uh, really with that group, in which case, you know, start with a test and learn. We, you know, we never want to like say, oh, cut your television or cut your print or cut your radio, cut your Facebook to try this new thing. It's like, this is interesting. There's a lot of momentum. We're seeing, you know, uh, from the platform itself, um, engagement rates up. Maybe we're seeing from a, a Nielsen or, or another third party, um, you know, data company telling us that there's momentum there. So let's try a campaign. You know, we work with a lot of clients with multiple brands. Let's try it on one brand. Let's, you know, get some learnings and see if we can um, scale it across the platform as well. And, it, you know, it does depend on what the client's comfortable with. We have a lot of clients who are uh, traditional and they want it to be measured through their traditional channel channels like a market mix modeling and MMM, which is usually historical looking and you know the newer channels don't perform well there so therefore they might be hesitant to try it out so then you kind of think what are proxy measurements we can use how do we look at uh you know things like brand lift studies or sales lift studies um and really is having that dialogue and that conversation with your client of what they're comfortable with um uh, with change but you know for us it's it's evolution versus revolution it's always like let's let's incrementally try new things and we can scale it versus out with the old, in with the new, right? It's, you know, I think, I think evolution is just such a theme of, of media planning over the years as well. Interesting. So, you know, thinking about the changes within a specific channel, you know, my, I, I assume this has led to some greater collaboration with your implementation teams. You know, you know, I remember that kind of relationship from when I was in planning, like, okay, I'm going to send some buy specs to the buying team and they're going to go buy it. But when you're looking at things like different streaming platforms and things like that, are you really working more collaboratively with them? And how does the um, decision on budget splits work? Like, do you plan streaming like a day part or do you plan um, video and the, the implementation team has some input into how, you know, they're splitting that out between a traditional linear versus a connected TV or something like that? 
Yeah, it's an interesting space to navigate. I think for, to the first part of your question, absolutely collaboration is massive and key and communication. And I feel over the years, planning and sort of buying and implementation has just become more lockstep. Uh, it's not the one time of year plan, set it and forget it. It really is this kind of constant dialogue of what they're seeing in the marketplace, what we're seeing on the results side. Um, and, and sort of back and forth. So first part, absolutely collaboration is key and I think definitely has increased over the years. In terms of delineation, it really depends. You know, again, I go back to the client and even scope of work, how agencies are set up. Um, you know, some teams we work with, you have your video AOR and planners just decide here's X, you know, dollars to video and they'll work with the marketplace and they'll work uh, to kind of figure out what those splits are between linear or streaming, et cetera, et cetera. Or, you know, sometimes you have setups where you have an offline agency and an online agency, in which case anything that is online gets you know handled by them, in which case we don't touch the linear television, but maybe we're buying Hulu or Amazons of the world um, as well. So, you know, it, it's a murky place. Um, to me, it doesn't have to be one way or the other. I think you just want to know clearly what the swim lanes are, whether that's between different agency partners or even in-house. Clients are bringing a lot of this in-house um, as well. So kind of knowing where... The, the swim lanes are um, and just that constant communication as well to understand who's doing what because you know if if it's Twitter does that live with a social AOR buying agency but if it's Twitter video should that be with the video AOR and we've in a way we've overcomplicated <laughs> and you you must see this on the consulting side overcomplicated the agency ecosystem, which I know you talk about so much, and, and it's just like we've sort of done this disservice to ourselves by making it. But you know, it's for me, it's never about um, we should do it or they should do it or let's just decide who's doing it and let's just go do it on behalf of the clients, right? And so, um, you know, the, the short answer of that very long answer was it it depends. You know, it could be either, but at the end of the day, you want to get those impressions. You want to follow the attention of the consumer um, and make sure you're lockstep between planning and implementation. So I think that um, complication that you were just talking about actually goes back to something you were saying earlier about the generalists versus the specialists, but that could be a whole podcast of its own. So I'd rather stick to collaboration because Perianne and Susan both know that's my favorite word. And the previous question addressed collaboration to bring that media plan to life. Well, I have a question I want to hear about how important the collaboration between media and creative to work together, um, especially when looking at new channels. Yeah, I think it's huge for us at Vayner. It is, uh, you know, a, a huge thing that we think about having the benefit of having both, you know, creative strategy, media, you know, production in house. But for me personally, it's also huge. Um, you know, again, thinking about that marketing ecosystem and agencies. Once agencies spun off to standalone media, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times you have an antagonistic relationship with other agencies. And it shouldn't be that, right? It should be for the goal of the client. It should be for the outcomes that we want. But a lot of times there is this tension of, uh, you know, media does all this work and the strategy and then creatives like, okay, that's nice, but here's what we made. Or, you know, creative agencies think media people are idea killers. It's like, we are not idea killers. You know, we want all ships to rise. So it gives that communication. So I think 
you know, that collaboration is huge. And as a planner, you know, I also think that it just helps to know, helps to know what message we're trying to get in front of the consumer, right? I mean, in, in the simplest form, if we're working on, you know, maybe a food brand and they're doing holiday recipes, that's a no brainer for Pinterest as a platform. If you're at a brand who is looking for relevance and wants to kind of tap into cultural conversation and be more real time, then, you know, Twitter's the right platform. So as a planner, I kind of want to know what message we're going to put out there to the consumer to kind of help match that kind of message um, and media together to make it even more um, impactful as well. And, you know, for the clients where we do creative on the Vayner side, we do have that benefit of, of sort of being tightly linked. Um, it definitely helps, uh, but it doesn't have to be that case, right? You just have to have kind of that outset uh, mindset from, from a lot of the integrated agency team structures, the IATs, as we say, uh, in that ecosystem and having that constant uh, line of communication open to understand, uh, you know, wh where things can fit together and where, again, all ships can rise. I mean, uh, channel planning um, is so important because, of course, the more channels you have, the more creative you got to make. And it also has an impact on, you know, production budgets and kind of like, you know, long-term budgeting and just managing, you know, managing it all and making sure that all those channels are working together. So, 2020 has been such a pivot year, right? Um, if you had to think about like the big pivots that you've seen in um, in channel planning, you know, what what are you observing? Yeah, I think just again, I go to like follow the consumer attention, and the biggest thing that always has surprised me year over year is that we're not replacing one medium with another. We're adding it incrementally as consumers, as viewers, as listeners. It's, you know, there was a, a great headline uh, from the Nielsen um, sort of total audience report. I think they call it that now, uh, which is something to the effect of like, and sometimes we sleep because Americans, you know, consume 12 hours, over 12 hours of media a day. Wow. So it's just that like overall media has increased and then individual channels within that have really skyrocketed. So streaming, I think, is up 75% versus last year, especially with uh, kind of COVID lockdowns or quarantines and people staying home. We saw an explosion of TikTok uh, in terms of consumer attention uh, there as well. And so I think, uh, you know, kind of making sure that we know where consumer attention is, that we're following it, um, and that, you know, we're, we're really taking advantage of, of those eyeballs, if you will, uh, when we can. But always, again, it always surprises me that we're adding more into our day versus doing that, that trade-off. So as planners, it just gives us more choices of channels uh, where to reach consumers as well. But then, you know, do you, are you spreading yourself too thin? Because that's a great point, Ariane, on, on production. Um, you need the assets to be able to, um, you know, fill those, those ad, that ad time and those ad units. And it, it's a struggle when budgets are down and you're thinking about working versus non-working budgets and, uh, you know, and, and, and trying to make sure that there's enough, uh, you know, ads and assets for the, for the inventory. But again, that's why that I, I go back to constant communication, whether we're the creative agency or working with another creative agency and with the clients, you know, here's the plan we're thinking about. Here's the assets that we're going to need um, as well. I think that this is this is so great. I just so much has changed since I was a planner many, many years ago. And um, so everything you're saying, it just makes me very happy to see the evolution. Um, and and I actually have a question about analytics. 
you know, again, that's something that is is newer, believe it or not. Um, so I would love to hear from you how how does the work with analytics teams and the data and audience teams feed back into the planning process? Yeah, I think the planning uh, analytics for me is twofold. It's at the end, of course, right? How did the campaign do? What you know? How did we set those you know K KPIs? Uh, you know, are we taking those learnings and feeding back into planning as well? But to me, it's more important in the upfront before we even start planning campaign. Uh, I really teach planners to think about it twofold. One is what are those macro business and marketing KPIs, right? We should be solving clients' business challenges. And then what are the media KPIs that we're thinking about for campaign performance, right? Because on the on the business side, it's things like obviously sales or leads or penetration or you know marketing. It's the awareness, it's the consideration levels. Those are things that clients measure themselves. Those are things that media KPIs don't measure. But then how does media contribute to that? You want to make sure you're thinking about uh, what the right KPIs is it is it view through is it engagement? Uh, sometimes some brands even think just straight up reach is a KPI. Um, so I might argue that one is not a KPI. It's a it's an input <laughs> to get to your uh, performance. But um, you know I think what we what we struggle with is me clients in agencies too, but really want to use media as the because it's so measurable. They want to use media as the proxy and the be all end all. Versus if you brief me on a per there's a perception problem with the brand an engagement rate, a click-through rate, a view-through rate is not giving me that understanding of the macro KPI. So what are you using? What are you measuring on your end? And that's where I really want to partner with my analytics team to help have those conversations with the clients and even the client's own insights and analytics team as well. They often have uh, disconnecting goals versus the brand teams. So it's really for me getting everybody talking up front and aligning on what those elements will be. And then of course, at the back end, how did we do? You know, did we meet the macro scorecard? Were there, you know, optimizations we could have made with the plan that could have helped turn some of those media dials to ultimately lead to kind of the macro uh, KPI? So, you know, planning and analytics to me always has to be um, lockstep. Uh, and both that that beginning part of the process at the end of the process and really that kind of virtual cycle to bring it back to the key learnings again. You know, before I think that Susan has a question for you next, but I wanted to step in here. You just painted a really interesting picture, I thought. And I want actually you to, uh, this is kind of an audible right on a podcast. Um, how has that worked in 2020 with mm. people working from home? Like, has there has it been continued to be successful, um, you know, in in the in the culture that you guys operate in, which is so unified? Um, has has have there been struggles, or um, you know, where where are you right now? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, yeah, I think we as Vayner's organization, we've really pivoted successfully. I think, um, and with our partner agencies, because we work with other media agencies, we work with other creative agencies. And I think there is this, um, I don't wanna say like shared trauma, that feels very extreme, but shared experience <laughs> that we're all collectively going through. And we had to pivot back that mid midweek in March uh, to all of a sudden everybody's working from home and with clients and, humans are really adaptable. And it's been interesting to see, uh, you know, I think the, the, the pivot that we've been able to make. Personally, I really miss the office. 
Um, and I miss bumping into people in the hallway or just having those like spontaneous uh, conversations. But from uh, doing the, the day job, it was a lot easier than I thought it was actually. Technology has really allowed this, whether you're on Zoom or you know Teams or, or Hangouts. We've just tried to make that proxy of us being in person or on a conference call uh, to kind of <laughs> living on the laptop. Now, there's downsides to living on a laptop for eight, right. 10 hours a day, but um, we've really been able to get the job done. Managing any kind of 2020 campaign changes, uh, cuts in budgets, increase in budgets, pivots to follow the consumer attention, uh, changes in CPMs that we could take advantage of um, as well. To For clients where we're working on annual plans, planning 2021, you know, <laughs> in the middle of 2020. And we're like, how right. are we doing this? Uh, but we've been really able to, um, to, to navigate, um, which, has been, which has been great, actually, just given everything in the world that's going on. It, you know, I think that, that it's felt nice uh, that we were, there was some consistency in, in the job and being able to do it as well. Oh, that's great. I mean, you know, we all, the three of us were very used to working from home, but, you know, we, we saw everybody really working to make those changes, you know, and adapt to it. And so I'm glad that's been, uh, you know, something that's been successful because, you know, what else were you going to do? Right. <laughs> right. My favorite part has been what I call cribs, the crib, you know, the MTV cribs. So you're, you're seeing your clients' right. homes, you're seeing your colleagues' homes, you're seeing the art that's in their house, their that's pets. Right. I know, I know all the names of the pets now, the children <laughs> who are popping in. It just, it's actually made business is so much more human yeah you know um that's been one advantage to all kind of the chaos i think there really is this you know this the shared humanity in the situation that we've been in yeah absolutely um okay so talking about uh media you know one of the things that i've been really paying a lot of attention to and reading about is uh the trying to get to unified ids across different uh channels which you know is going to have so many benefits and i think it's going to really help really, you know, with um, calculating, you know, or, or figuring out who exactly you're reaching and how often and understanding frequency versus reach and things like that. One of the things, though, I kind of jokingly to myself or seriously keep thinking, it's like, well, but what are you, you know, because it's based on impressions, really, as opposed to thinking in GRPs, I kind of laugh, like, are you going to do flowcharts with all these impressions on it? And are people going to understand what that looks like? I mean, is it really, you know, but in all seriousness, there are a lot of um, systems, tools built on a GRP basis. Is that something that would be a hard change for the planning process or it's really just kind of some extra media math or things like that? Yeah, I, to me, I don't think it's a really a hard shift. It's mm -hmm. the same fundamental you know, elements, calculations. Again, it's sometimes, to your point, it's sometimes some extra math. If we have to, it's the lowest common denominator in some cases. Yeah. Um, you can do, we jokingly call cowboy math sometimes, <laughs> where you just do some back of the envelope calculations. And, yeah. you know, you maybe some estimate some GRPs over there, you estimate some over here, you calculate that into impressions. But, um, you know, I think, you know, what we've talked about sort of uh, unified ideas for so long, and maybe we'll get there one day, but there's still so many walled gardens. There's yep. still so many different ways you're measuring um, channels. Uh, you know, it's, as we think about 
media planning in 2025. I hope we get there. I just don't know. I think with like, you know, depression of cookies and privacy laws, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's different if we're working on a campaign that has like client first party data where we actually, you know, blinded, but we have kind of the, that actual right. consumer group, but still so much we're doing is, is on broad demographic basis or, you know, demo plus psychographic uh, elements or behavior elements um, as well. So to me, it's more about until we are truly in a world with true unified IDs, I think it's more about finding those commonalities, kind of the least common denominators, because it is shared language um, in many cases as well. So an assistant planner doesn't have to start stressing about trying to justify, you know, 10 million impressions on a flight of GRP instead of GRPs, right? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. You know, just just, just pick one currency and, and, and we'll stick with it as well. But, you know, those those spreadsheets can get pretty big, though. You're right, Susan. <laughs> so we've been talking quite a bit about evolution here. So what are the biggest things agencies can do to keep planners evolving as the media landscape continues to change? Yeah, I think for me, uh, so much lives in the world of training. Um, You know, I think uh, the other episode I listened to, the talent episode with Bhavna was on, she brought up training um, as well as kind of a a key piece. And, uh, you know, I think for planners, it's about the need to keep your finger on the pulse. Um, You know, I think there's a couple ways to do this. You know, I I sort of joke that at Vayner training is my side hustle because I'm I personally always done it in my career and I want to kind of teach the next generation uh, of planners. So ideally you have at your agency some sort of formal training program, but you know, that's also, we know that a lot of times those budgets gets cut um, as well, but uh, you know, starting there with kind of training and arming them for the future, but there's other ways to kind of bring in training and learning. I think uh, something like centers of excellence. So COEs, we've set that up at Vayner as well. Um, to just be a resource, uh, you know, lead, leads more a little on the buying and implementation side, but to be a resource for, for the planning teams, but also the whole agency of when something new comes up, you can reach out to them for information. They can put together a point of view um, on new features or new platforms um, as well. So I think that's the second area is, is, again, if you're not in a position to do kind of formal training with classes and things like that, just having um, just sort of these knowledge pools um, really helps for access to information. Um, I think the third area is leaning into our media partners themselves, right? They know, yes, there's an element of selling, of course, but they know their platforms or their properties um, the best. And and how do you lean into them as, you know, agency partners to say, hey, can you teach us about this? What's the latest? What's the first look? What is, in your point of view, uh, is this going to mean? Um, and then obviously we want the agency's point of view as well. I think that's another great resource. And I think the, the last area um, is... Uh, what what Gary, Gary Vanderchuk, our CEO, would call practitionership. It is knowing and using the mediums yourself and the platforms. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of theory. It can be a name on a flowchart or numbers and impressions, but have you been on TikTok? Are you seeing what that ad experience is? Uh, you know, as you scroll Instagram, what ads are you seeing? Having that like mindset, even, you know, traditional channels, uh, we teach it out of homeless. And I'm like, please, you know, next time you're on the street, pay attention to the ad units that are out there. If you're listening to a podcast, pay attention to how they're using the host to create the ad units as well. So I think that's just another way uh, for, for anybody in media, but planners in particular, is yourself. You know, Sarah, I think that's just an, a really great point to make. I know when I worked on the advertiser side, I always loved it 
when someone, you know, would come out to see me and say, oh, I just walked through the store. You know, I, I just I just went to the store, um, you know, to see, you know, what was on sale or to see, you know, how you've got, um, you know, the center core uh, merchandised. It, it really, um, you know, makes it real for people. Um, no matter what, you know, we're in a real human business here. I think you really covered so much about that. You know, before we say goodbye, and I don't want to say goodbye, I want to keep on talking to you. Is there anything else that you want to share with us about um, about what you see happening, um, what might be coming up? Um, I think it, it's anything else to share. I think it's both. It's daunting and exciting, but I love that. Right? I love that we don't know what's going to be invented next. Right. Like we're just even for clients, we do annual plans like I don't know. I could be spending on a totally new invented platform or platform that existed just skyrocketed. And I, I love like just the excitement and the newness of like what's next or, or how do you use it or even just human behavior of what takes off. I think a great example is um, recently well, on TikTok was Ocean Spray. And the virality they got with uh, Dog 208, I forget the gentleman's yes. name, and, yes. and, and, and also sold streams of Fleetwood Mac and introduced yes. Fleetwood Mac to a whole other. So I just love when, when, when things happen and things stick and, and it just gets me re-excited for, for kind of the industry uh, that I'm in as well. So I, I think just to end, it's just like keep yourself open to the possibilities and keep observing our industry and both from a practitionership point of view as a professional, but also as a consumer um, as well. And how do you bring that empathy um, into the plans and the brands uh, that you're working on? Sarah, the tick, your the TikTok enthusiasm is spray. fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you were gonna you you used such a cool example to answer that question about um, you know the ocean spray and TikTok because I immediately went to who would have thought that toilet paper and disinfectant would <laughs> take off the way that it did? <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. It it it, it always surprises. Like, like market business market advertising always surprises sometimes, and I love that about our industry. Well, Sarah Murphy, uh, head of planning at Vayner, I know that Carly and Susan have known you for a long time, but I just got to meet you, and I want to say thank you. You really, um, you know, made us think about a lot of things, and I, I just want to say I would love to continue to check in with you and and be a guest on the Plus Up podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Perry. Thank you, Carly. Thank you, Susan.